I'd like to call to order the regular formal meeting of the Iowa City City Council for May the 21st, 2019. Roll call, please. Cole. Here. Mims. Here. Sela. Sela. Sally. 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 Over the phone, yeah, here. Okay. Taylor. Present. Teague. Here. Thomas. Here. Frogmorton. Here. All right, so welcome everybody to your city hall. It's great to see all of you on this rather cold and blustery night of May the 21st. Is it raining hard outside? No, it's not yet. Well, hopefully it won't be. <laughs> Got to get home somehow. Anyhow, it's a real pleasure to see all of you. I want to say something with regard to the way the meeting will proceed. The la four of the last five meetings have gone on uh, terribly long, much too long for us to thrive. I mean, it was just, they've been too long. So I'll take responsibility for that because I manage the meetings. But in order to facilitate things, instead of saying to you, uh, you have up to five minutes to speak if you want to speak tonight, I'm going to say, please limit your comments to not more than three minutes so that we can move through things more, uh, more efficiently and get us all home at a reasonable hour. Okay, so moving on, uh, I want to uh, consider adoption of the consent calendar as presented or amended. That's items two through six. Is there a motion? So moved. Second. Second. Moved by Cole, seconded by Thomas. Discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Cole? Yes. Mims? Yes. Salee? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Throckmorton? Yes. Item, is this supposed to be item 12? That's what it says. Can't be item 12. Got put in there wrong. Seven. It's got to be item 7. Item. Well, the numbering's wrong, Julie, for various things here. Oh. So in any event, the next item, community comment period. So I would like to invite anyone who wants to address us on any topic that's not on the formal meeting agenda should feel free to do so. And again, I would like you to come up, state your name, and take not more than three minutes in making uh, whatever your statement is. Hi, Brandon. How you doing? Hello, Mayor Throgmorton and the Council. Thank you so much for showing up to tonight's meeting, the which uh, way you would not be paid. Um, I do want to uh, say in th uh, less than three minutes now that uh, I believe that uh, Iowa City uh, should consider banning tasers. Uh, tasers uh, basically are dangerous uh, neuromuscularly. Uh, they cause a lot of injuries. They've already caused a lot of deaths in this country. I think Iowa City does not stand for that particular kind of policing. Uh, I think that if uh, a taser is kind of an in-between way. It's, uh, you know, we don't have the electric chair. Electricity is considered torture. I consider uh, tasering torture. I think what it does is it turns a person into an object. Policing, and I support our police as I support the council and the people, uh, policing should have to do with facilitating. And if they need to use a gun, there's probably some reason to use it. But to tase somebody, you need to be able to talk the person down or to deal with the person. Oftentimes, tasers are used without any provocation 
provocation at all. And I think that Iowa City stands for a, a safe place where citizens are treated like human beings. And many people have had, uh, many people who have been tased but not injured uh, have had psychological problems to do, to do with this and uh, have had physical injuries. And so though I, uh, I asked the city council to consider banning tasers in Iowa City. It's a very human consideration and I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, we don't benefit by having those things. Uh, they do make some people money. That's not what we're about here in this town. Please uh, put this on your agenda and I'm sure I speak with, for many people. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Good evening. My name's Jerry McConnell, and I moved down to Ecumenical Towers about four months ago. I have a small dog, and we walk three or four times a day, and I need to say that on, the Washington, on Washington Street, beside the Senior Center and Ecumenical Towers, it looks like a free-for-all dog's bathroom. And it's my understanding that there is an ordinance that dogs are not supposed to run free, and also that the owner is supposed to pick up after their dogs. I always, I've offered bags to people even, they don't take them. But um, I think that obviously whatever the consequence has been, it hasn't worked. And I think that the consequence should be monetarily much, much higher. The police can't go around looking for this, mm -hmm. but if one or two people are caught and it gets in the paper, I think it might have an effect on, on other people. And it's also for sanitary, because if another dog gets into the other dog's poop, it can be, you know, cause health issues for the other dogs. Mm -hmm. I have to say. Great. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for coming tonight. Anyone else? Okay, seeing no one else, we're going to move to item, it should be item 8. Okay, it's 8A. So, yeah, well, planning and zoning matters. And then item 8A, rezoning south of Interstate 80, west of North Dubuque Street, and east of Mackinac Drive, commonly referred to as Forest View. This is an ordinance conditionally rezoning approximately 73.15 acres of property located south of Interstate 80, west of North Dubuque Street, and north of Foster Road from Interim Development Single Family Residential, IDRS, Low Density Single Family Residential, RS5, Low Density Multifamily Residential, RM12, and High Density Single Family Residential with a Planned Development Overlay, OPD slash RS12 to OPD RS12 for 50.82 acres. Highway commercial with a planned development overlay, OPD slash CH1 for 20.45 acres. And neighborhood public with a planned development overlay, OPD slash P1 for 1.88 acres. This is second consideration. Could I have a motion for second consideration, please? Move second consideration. Second. Moved by Thomas, seconded by Mims. Discussion? Would anybody like to address this topic? The 
Yeah. Oh, well, hold on, Maz. Host, I, I was. I wanted to know if anybody in the uh, in the uh, audience would want to address the topic. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. Okay, I don't see anybody else. So, Maz, did did you want to say something? Uh, I thought we are discussing it, like as as a council, are we? We are now, yes. Okay, uh, one second. Yeah, I just I just wanna say that I uh, I still uh, you know supporting this project like uh, last time. And uh, I, I really uh, very excited that to hear that Forest View Senate Association and the developer seem to be on the way to agreeing on wider manufacturing housing, uh, like up to 22 feet. This can be made like I know this is not going to be made now, and uh, we're going to discuss this later when it comes uh, uh, like to approve the affordable housing piece to it. But I'm still like uh, expressing my full support for this project. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Any other comment from any other council members? The only comment that I would like to make is that, first of all, I see a lot of the residents of Forest View that are here tonight. Um, and of course, we're so thrilled that we're going to have this wonderful opportunity for the Forest View residents. And I think, sort of critiquing myself a little bit, I think that we were so focused on ensuring that we would have a successful project for the Forest View residents that I think that sometimes it was easy to almost have that almost too narrow a focus. I think the neighbors did bring some legitimate concerns um, in terms of issues that they wanted to raise. Um, today I did get comments about the impact on our tree canopy and the number of trees that we're going to be tearing down. So while of course um, none of those factors are enough to uh, change my vote, and we're still strongly committed to this, this particular project, and I continue to commend both the developer as well as the residents for working together on this. I think we as a community do need to have these ongoing discussions to ensure that, uh, that we're mitigating as much as possible as we can our, our tree loss, and that we continue to work constructively with our adjacent neighborhoods to ensure that we have a really successful project. And I anticipate that developer and staff will continue to have those conversations. So I think that's something good that's to remember. I'm very much in favor of this project. It uh, has certainly come a long way since we first heard about it over three years ago, and also since uh, it uh, came before planning and zoning, and they had a lot of concerns. Uh, but with approval of this rezoning, we are trusting the developer uh, and the property owner uh, to honor what has been agreed upon. Uh, most importantly, that they will assure that the displaced residents uh, will achieve their dream of home ownership uh, in this community. And I'm not asking that you hold their hands or babysit them or their property, just that you be a good steward of the property and honor your commitment. Also important is maintaining the appeal of the North Dubuque Street entrance into Iowa City, preserving the woodlands, as uh, has been mentioned, as much as possible throughout the development and planting and maintaining new trees. And very importantly, especially to surrounding neighborhoods, that you do assure adequate stormwater management that does not compromise those neighboring homes. I'll be anxious to watch uh, the dis this development happen and to have it serve as, as a good example of how a development uh, can happen through the cooperation of everyone involved. Other comments? 
I'll just say very, very briefly, I articulated as best I can two weeks ago why I support this project, and I'm pleased to be able to do so, and I'm pleased to be able to vote for it tonight. Any other comments? Hearing none, roll call, please. Mims? Yes. Salee? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Throgmorton? Yes. Cole? Yes. Motion carries seven to zero. Could I have a motion to accept? Oh, sorry. All right, that felt good. <laughs> okay, could I have a motion to accept correspondence, please? So moved. Second. Moved by Mim, second by Teague. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Item number nine, amend the fiscal year 2019 operating budget. This is a resolution amending the 2019 operating budget. I'll open the public hearing. Good evening, everybody. Thanks for coming. Hi there. Hello, Jacqueline Flegel, Budget and Compliance Officer. Um, so this is the, the third amendment for fiscal year 2019 budget. Starting with uh, amendments made to revenues. Um, first area amended was use of money and property primarily due to interest income coming in higher than originally budgeted. Uh, so this is adjusted up to the actuals that are there. Excuse me, Jacqueline, could you speak directly into the microphone, please? Thank you. A little short. Do you need me to repeat the? No, okay. okay. Um, the other area uh, amended upwards is charges for services, uh, $70,000 primarily for patrol contracted services. Um, this is also amending up to closer to actuals rather than budget. Um, original current budget, and then this will also help offset some of the expenditures <laughs> mentioned later. And then finally, transfers in were amended up by about $600,000 due to landfill assurance transfer. On the other side, expenditures. Uh, public safety program was amended up by 135000 due to police and fire overtime. Um, the police expenditures are offset by the earlier mentioned patrol contracted services and then the fire overtime is um, offset with contingency adjustments. Uh, another area adjusted is public works was amended up by about $93,000 for salt supplies as well as snow and ice overtime due to the many snow events we had this year. Uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, general government, the contingency was adjusted uh, downwards by 75,000 to offset the fire overtime. Uh, another area amended up was business type expenditures for 250,000 related to uh, parking elevator repairs that were needed to be made. And then we also see the other side of the transfer out for $600,000 for the landfill assurance. Um, overall, the total impact to the fund balance is a decrease of $31,500, um, and this is the third and final budget amendment for fiscal year 2019. Great. Thank you, Jacqueline. Uh, any questions for Jacqueline? I have a question for staff uh, because you reminded me. Uh, the elevator repairs, mm -hmm. how are they coming? <laughs> They're 
They're in progress, as I understand it. They had a two-step process for repairs at Tower Place. So we had to have one contractor that did some of the work, I think, in the last week or so. And then they had to return to, to finish the work. I'm not sure if the state, whether that's that's complete or not. But then there'll be a third and final step um, for the work being done. But I know the Dubuque Street garage is also close to close to being worked on. So they're in they're in progress. It's coming. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else want to address this topic? Seeing no one, I'm going to close the public hearing. Could I have a motion to approve, please? So move. Second. Moved by Teague, seconded by Mims. Discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Salih? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Throgmorton? Yes. Cole? Yes. Mims? Yes. Motion carries 7 to 0. Item 10, black and gold vapors tobacco penalty. This is a resolution assessing $1,500 civil penalty against black and gold vapors. Uh, I just I'm going right to say, yeah, please uh, state your name. Or, and, Hi, my name is Officer Trey Bunch with the Iowa City Police Department. Uh, I was advised that I should come here, and um, I'm guessing I explain what the issue is with black and gold. Yeah. Okay. Um, so for people that aren't familiar with it, um, each time we do tobacco checks, um, we have a minor in between the ages of usually 16 and under 18 that uh, come to the Iowa City Police Department. Um, we give them money to go into uh, any store in Iowa City that sells tobacco. Uh, this particular one, we give this person money. We see their Iowa ID that shows that they're under the age 18. It even does a unique thing where it's uh, it's vertical. Um, and then uh, we pat them down to make sure they don't have a fake ID, etc. cetera. Um, uh, we uh, attend ourselves in um, plain clothes and we drop our juvenile off at uh, tobacco stores. For instance, it would be black and gold vapors um, on that day. We, our initial check was uh, November 13 of 2018. Um, we had our minor walk into black and gold uh, vapors. Um, our minor presented his juvenile ID. We keep eyes on him. Um, and on that specific date, um, one of the cashiers uh, who was identified um, sold to our minor. And when he was asked why he sold, he said that he was tired and it was a long day. Um, so at that moment, that, that uh, cashier was cited. Um, we then do follow-up checks. Um, it looks like that the person that sell, sell the check or sell the tobacco um, pleaded guilty on 11, November 29, 2018. Um, we then went back on April 3rd to the same place, black and gold, because we have to do rechecks. Um, same instance, we had a juvenile um, born in 2001. Um, we did the same thing, whereas he went in there, we kept eyes on him. He presented his uh, juvenile ID uh, and then used money that we provided with him, and he uh, was selled tobacco. Um, we then go in, introduce ourselves as the, the per, uh, who we are as Iowa City Police, and uh, the same person that was originally cited the first time was the same cashier this time. So he was cited a second time, and he was not happy with us. Um, he stated that he looked at his ID and just 
sold it. Um, it looks like he pled guilty on April 24th, 2019. So um, obviously they've had two violations. So I hope that helps. I don't know what else to say to you guys. So. Yeah, okay. Any right. questions for Trey? <clears throat> so this is the third violation in three years. Oh, right. Okay, thank you. Would anybody else like to address this topic? Okay, seeing no one, could I have a motion to approve, please? So moved. Second. second. Moved by Cole, seconded by Thomas. Discussion? Is there anything that we're doing for convenience stores or anybody that sells tobacco just as a training tool for their staff? Um, I think it would be very powerful if, you know, a couple of these videos that are public were available to staff that are selling tobacco and um, alcohol products. I think the biggest thing is we really don't want, you know, underage individuals to have exposure to it. It's not the, the point of, you know, racking up tickets and yeah. fines. So is there anything that the city is doing or is there any type of program out there that can be given to um, people within our community that sell products um, of alcohol and, and um, tobacco products? There, there certainly has been with alcohol. Um, the state has done certain tips trainings, et cetera, and, and there has been in the past a you know, you, if, if you get one incident and you've done that tips training, then you can get a pass on that first one. In terms of um, tobacco, I don't know if there's, a, sure, no. it, officer, if you're yeah, familiar I, uh, with. I know that each one goes through, uh, each place are allowed, through the ABD, they go through the iPledge program. Um, I, it is the same with uh, tobacco where uh, they have their employees take a class or they take a class on training. Um, and then uh, they are given a pass. Uh, I'm not sure if they got a pass the first time they failed, but um, we also do, uh, we have officers do community policing follow up around with uh, providing such, especially if it's a fake ID, we show them what fake IDs look like. Um, and so there's there's training. A lot of times it's um, with, with uh, like you, you mentioned video um, and our reports obviously are public each time when, uh, it is this incident occurs. We we notate in our report what the person who sells the tobacco or alcohol to the minor, and each time they say, they give an excuse as, "Oh, I thought he looked old enough," or "I I thought um, um, such and such." And a lot of times, with a lot of the new businesses, they have to manually enter in the date of birth. So. A lot of times what we're happening and seeing on camera, they're overriding the system. Oh. So I, I don't know if it's a, um, a lack of training. I think it's a, a lack of uh, responsibility on some, some of the employees. So I hope that helps. Sure. But I, I agree and um, with the, I don't know exactly what training they go through, but I know it, it is offered so that they do get a pass the first time. Because the person that you've sent in to purchase is using their actual ID with yep. their actual birth date yep. and age. Okay, thanks. Well, I, I agree with Bruce. Um, it would be I, it's nice that we do have that program, and I think of, for example, our our parking tickets. Not exactly analogous, but the first one is free, and then there's sort of that graduated approach. So I totally hear where you're coming from, but they're still guilty. Yes. Any further discussion? 
Carrying down. Roll call, please. Taylor. Yes. Teague. Yes. Thomas. Yes. Frogmorton. Yes. Cole. Yes. Mims. Yes. Sully. Yes. Motion carries seven to zero. Item 11, the convenience store tobacco penalty. This is a resolution accepting payment of $1,500 civil penalty, a 30-day suspension, and waiver of right to hearing from the convenience store. Could I have a motion to approve, please? So moved. Second. Moved by Mim, seconded by Cole. Would anybody like to address this topic before we have council discussion? Okay, seeing no one, council discussion? Anybody want to say anything? Hearing no one, roll call, please. Teague. Yes. Thomas. Yes. Frog yes. Martin. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Cole. Yes. That was very firm, Joe. Mims. <laughs> yes. Salee. Yes. Taylor. Yes. Motion carries seven to zero. Item 13, alcohol sales in city parks at city-sponsored events. This is an ordinance amending Title IV, Alcoholic Beverages, Chapter 5, Prohibitions and Restrictions, Section 5, Open Containers, and Title X, Public Ways and Property, Chapter 9, Parks and Recreation Regulations, Section 2, Prohibited Actions in Parks, to allow alcohol to be sold in city parks at city-sponsored events pursuant to permits issued by the city. This is second consideration, but staff has requested expedited action. Oops. Come on, Susan. <laughs> I missed You're always ready. Jim's pretty chipper tonight. Well. I move that the rule requiring that ordinances must be considered and voted on for passage at two council meetings prior to the meeting at which it is to be finally passed be suspended, that the second consideration and vote be waived, and that the ordinance be voted on for final passage at this time. Second. Moved by Mims, second by Taylor. Discussion. So, <laughs> I don't know if you all saw a memo that I sent about um, the alcohol in the parks. So a part of why I sent that is, the last time we had this discussion, um, is not that I wasn't supportive of alcohol um, for city events. It's more so, if we're gonna you know, talk about alcohol in the parks and under shelters, um, and do you all know what I'm referring to? Yeah, I, yeah I saw the memo. What, what was in the late handout? Yes, what was in the late handout. Yeah, I saw it. So uh, uh, so that was deferred. So that was deferred um, indefinitely by council. Mm -hmm. And so I really do believe that for me, we should have both discussions about you know the city selling as well as uh, individual families and people within our community being able to have alcohol in the parks. The, the staff had you know, suggested that this take place and it was got to the third vote, vote and then just deferred. Again, I think when you parcel out um, you know, something of alcohol in the parks, I really do think that um, it is already, this, the discussion has already been had with council. Um, the third for vote for that was deferred. I really do believe that both these conversations should kind of happen together. Um, I don't know if I can go into uh, what other city policies are uh, related to the alcohol in the parks, but there was definitely cities around us that do that. Now we're, the city is kind of um, asking that this be done um, at, at our you know at our discretion and so I guess my proposal would be is that we come back and 
look at alcohol in the park, so we either defer this one until we match them all together. I'm not exactly sure how we can do that, but I, I do want to get the alcohol in the parks a part of the discussion at some point, but I wanted to make a point that that has been deferred, um, and if we're going to do this, I almost feel like the, the discussion should almost happen simultaneously. Okay, uh, the motion on the floor has to do with waiving second consideration. Yes. Uh, and now you're, you're suggesting basically that there's more to talk about and therefore you would not want to waive second consideration. I, I, I think I would waive second consideration and, and, and I'm ready to vote for this tonight, but I also wanted to make a point that this we need to get on the agenda. I would rather they happen simultaneously, but I'm willing to make a, make a vote tonight for the um, recommendation that's on the floor right now. Okay, so why don't we deal with this, the waiver first, sure. and then we can consider the rest of it next. Any further discussion about waiving second consideration? <coughs> Hearing none, roll call, please. Thomas? Yes. Throgmorton? Yes. Cole? Yes. Mims? Yes. Salee? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. All right, motion carries seven to zero. Oh, move final consideration. I'm asleep tonight. Second. Moved by Mem, second by Thomas. Discussion. Okay. I would, Bruce and I talked about this a couple days ago, and, and I agree that we should bring that other discussion back up. I think there is, there were lots of issues at the time. I think there still are lots of issues in terms of opening it up generally, but I think it is definitely um, worth taking a little time to have that discussion. But I'm, I certainly see the distinction between that discussion of general public versus um, the city selling at specific city-sponsored events. And given the opening of Riverfront Crossings Park and the events that are hopefully coming up there, um, I certainly want to go ahead and support this tonight. I support your point, sure. Bruce, of having that other discussion soon. Any further discussion? I do view the two as apples and oranges in the sense of we're basically talking about um, highly structured city regulated events with adequate staffing um, as opposed to unre unregulated. And I think that second discussion is something beyond the scope of what we're doing tonight. Um, certainly, I'd love to talk with you afterwards about what my position is on that, but I think as tonight, I'm really comfortable that we have the security precautions in place to ensure that it's done in a very responsible way. And who knows, maybe some of the strictures that we evaluate tonight may, would, may provide a template for other types of activities that we permit in the parks. Further discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Throgmorton? Yes. Cole? Yes. Mims? Yes. Salee? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Motion carries seven to zero. Item 13, utility so rate ordinance. So can I just get clarification? Yes, are, we, are we talking about a work session for that other issue? Or what did you have in mind, Bruce? Or are just going to talk among yourselves? I, or? I think if, if the third vote was deferred, we can potentially just get it on a formal agenda. It was deferred indefinitely, correct? Yeah, well, I don't know all the processes. Yeah, when was that, Bruce? Yeah, I, I haven't looked at it. Have you uh, looked it at was, it? Was, it? I want to say it was at least 2017. It was yeah. quite a while ago. And was it deferred indefinitely? Did you check on that? Yes. Yeah. This, um, because the council, August 31st, 2017, there's a memo from Simon um, 
recommending third consideration be uh, the ordinance amendment indefinitely. Sure. We had uh, gone through the first two readings and council requested that we reach out to the Partnership uh, for Alcohol Safety at the university where Jim's a co-chair and I serve on that committee as well. Uh, at that discussion, uh, that committee was not comfortable with moving forward with it. They didn't um, uh, agree with the message it would send to students. Uh, at the staff level, we are comfortable moving forward with it. That was our initial recommendation and the Parks Commission recommended it as well. So we had some differing voices in the community, but staff is certainly comfortable with moving forward with uh, alcohol and park shelters on a limited basis at least my two cents is I my own preferences is that I would not want it coming back before us until we had a work session that's probably not the top on my list of work session topics as Jim points out we do have a lot in terms of work sure. session I do remain strongly opposed to that proposal as it was which did include up to pony kegs um, which I am completely opposed to um, but if we know to do a work session at some point I am totally okay with a discussion about that but that's just my position we'll see if we have support for that in terms of a work Rock session I agree with Rockney work session I agree could I just add a note about the timing most of our summer rentals are already in the books so I don't know that there's any rush to do this before sure. this particular summer it probably would be more appropriate to have the discussion late summer early fall in preparation for the next sure. season mm -hmm. graduation sure. parties and whatnot. okay so we should put that on our list of pending work session topics mm -hmm. down at the bottom that. somewhere thanks Julie of course any new item on the pending list would go to the bottom and then we'd do whatever we're going to do okay so let's see where are we 13 yeah we're at the uh, utility rate ordinance right so um did we get a motion to pass and adopt already i don't think so no. what are you worried about eleanor N nothing i was just i wasn't <laughs> okay so item 13 utility rate ordinance this is an ordinance amending Title Three, entitled Finances, Taxation, and Fees. Chapter 4, entitled Schedule of Fees, Rates, Charges, Bonds, Fines, and Penalties of the City Code to Increase Water Service Charge Charges and Stormwater Service Charges. This is pass and adopt. Could I have a motion, please? So moved. Second. Moved by Tom. Second. second. Uh, uh, you're just a little bit late, Maz. Thanks. <laughs> um, moved by Thomas, seconded by Cole. Discussion? Anybody want to address this topic in the audience, that is? Okay, seeing no one. Council discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Cole? Yes. Mims? Yes. Salee? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Throckmorton? Uh, yes. Motion carries 7 to 0. Item 14, moratorium on rental permits. This is an ordinance amending Title 17 of the City Code, Building and Housing, to establish a moratorium until March the 7th, 2020, on the issuance of new rental permits for single family and duplex units in RS5, RS8, and RNS12 zones within certain rental permit districts in the rental impact area shown in figure 17 um, hyphen one of the city code. Move this adoption. Is mo uh, yeah, pass and adopt. So um, um, moved by Mem, seconded by? Second. Second. Teague. Teague got me. 
discussion. Would anybody in the audience like to address this? Good evening. Good evening. My name is Chris Villauer. I'm with the Greater Iowa City Apartment Association. And the reason I'm here today is to, one, to make sure you received and had a chance to look at the letters that were sent to you this week. Uh, one from our attorney, Jody McDougall from Davis Brown Law Firm, and also one from Pete McRoberts uh, with the Landlords of Iowa, who's our executive director. The Greater Iowa City Apartment Association is a local association. We belong to the Landlords of Iowa as well, which is a statewide organization. Um, I won't go through everything they have in the letters saying how, but I'll repeat a couple things as far as, as you all know, the state issued a, uh, basically a, a thing we can't have caps on rentals. And the moratorium is basically a cap on rentals. Um, but the other reason I'm here too is, I was here for the first reading. I missed the second one, unfortunately. And at the first reading, um, a lot of people uh, from the council said, really wish you guys would have been here earlier. It would have been nice to have some, some conversation with you guys earlier. And I just wanted to make sure everybody's aware that uh, we met, members of the Great Arts Department Association met with Doug Boothroy before he retired and the city manager before the first moratorium and came up with different ideas that we thought might be workable for all parties involved. We thought we were coming to the table with some good information. We didn't hear back from the city at all on that. Moratorium came in. Okay. So now uh, the state gets involved and makes a ruling on it. And the city, once again, decides, eh, we don't like that, we'll make our own rules instead. So on behalf of the Great Iowa City Department Association, I would urge you to not adopt this moratorium. Um, no matter what happens, I would ask that in the future, members of our group, maybe members of ICAR, some other people in the groups, can meet with the city and come up with some workable solutions that we feel and you would feel to be mutually beneficial for everybody involved. And that's why I'm here. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Mark Falk. I'm a resident in the Miller Orchard neighborhood. I've been there 16 years. I own the place. Um, I want to speak in favor of the moratorium. Um, I believe in a diverse neighborhood, which we have, um, but I don't want to see much more rental in my neighborhood than we have already. I mean, I'm pretty much okay with what we have. A lot of the problems that we have come from rental units, but okay, whatever. Um, I just, I just don't want to see my neighborhood turned into a rental zone. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Anyone else? Good evening. Hi. <clears throat> My name is Jane Olson, and I live with Mark. I'm his partner. 
first of all, um, I would like to say, because I haven't, that the job um, that was done, taking trees down, doing the sewers, that whole thing, the water last this last um, summer was really well done. Oh, fabulous, thanks. I, just about everybody I've talked to thought it was a wonderful um, end to that project. And, and the, um, I haven't seen the, all the trees that were replanted, but um, the lawns were nicely done. And yeah, we feel good about that. And as for having more rental properties than we already do, um, I understand, you know, why, maybe why the state wants to, you know, not put a cap on that. But from what I've seen, and I've been there 10 years, um, a lot of the problems that we have in that whole neighborhood has to do with rental properties and the people who are living there short term. And I just wanted to give you a couple examples. Uh, one happened right out in my front yard and one in my backyard. The one in my front yard were about um, three older kids beating up uh, about a nine-year-old kid right in my front yard, and they were hurting him. There were several others standing around just watching. I had to go out and start yelling. <laughs> and then maybe some of the mothers came to the door and opened the door to see what it was all about. But until I yelled as loud as I could, it wasn't going to stop. Uh, and that was really troubling to me. I myself couldn't have gone out and stopped it. Um, it, it, you know, I don't, that kid was already hurt. The other was we were having some um, construction work done inside the house, uh, remodeling, and our contractor took a break outside and we were sitting with him at the table. All of a sudden, a rock came over the house and that far from our contractor's head. And we ran around, well, I didn't run, but I walked real fast around to see who threw it. There were several kids over there, all of them from um, houses where, that, that were being rented. And of course, nobody had seen a thing and didn't know what, who had thrown that. But it just seems to me that all of, all of these, a lot of these problems that happened, that happen in that neighborhood happen because there are people there short term. They don't stay. They don't get to know the other people in the neighborhood. They don't care about the other people in the neighborhood. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of a um, person who um, lives, a, a neighbor of ours who is a homeowner and also one who is a longtime renter. And they feel pretty much the same that it's, it's um, probably, there's enough police action already in that neighborhood down there, and some just very recently. And we think a lot of it comes from, comes because it's not a real stable neighborhood. I'm not saying it all comes from renters. I'm not saying that. But when a neighborhood is not real stable, 
and people don't care about each other, that's when things start to happen. So I would like to see a moratorium. I'm not sure what you're, um, who you're representing, but if you did have um, conversation sometime, I would hope that the rent, uh, that the all the people in these areas would be allowed to come and speak also, and that that we would be considered as well. Excuse me, Jane. Yeah. Uh, you should be addressing us, but but more to the point, uh, I don't know if you heard oh, at the start, I wanted to keep people limited to th not more than three minutes. Okay, I'm finished. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Anyone else? No, uh, no, 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 sir, no. thanks. No. Um, anyone else? Yeah, go ahead. Hi, I'm David Dixon, frequent visitor to Iowa City. Um, and as a visitor, the, the ability of people to come and stay here for a period of time is something of interest and something I've followed. I don't really want to sit, sit up here and necessarily talk about what I think in terms of this whole idea of balance or anything like that, but I want to ask two questions. Um, it's been difficult for me to figure out if there's any difference from the way the permitting structure in Iowa City worked prior to this month and where specifically, you know, who would be able to get a permit, who wouldn't, either by address or whether or not you've already got a permit, what would be different under a moratorium than what previously existed? And then perhaps more importantly, at the end of 10 months, if you don't have something figured out, what's plan B? Is it simply just to walk away and the moratorium ends? Or is there some suggestion that a moratorium would be continued and effectively become permanent? Um, I, I know you're going to have a discussion amongst yourselves, and maybe, maybe in that context, we can we can hear some discussion as to what those what those differences are and what the long-term plan is. Thank you. Thanks, David. I can answer the second question that you asked um, pretty clearly. We have no intention whatsoever of extending a moratorium ad infinitum you know, on indefinitely into the future. That's not going to happen. When we get to 10 months, if we haven't adopted something new, then we're just into the world of acting without any, any new ordinances or rules in effect. But uh, we need time in order to figure out whether there are some other new rules, ordinances, et cetera, that could be used in this, for this particular situation but it's not going to continue indef indefinitely. I don't know, does staff want to try to answer his first question? Um, probably the best way to go about it, if we wanted to talk more about the history of it, is to have him reach out to staff and we can meet with him offline. Yeah. There's nothing you can point out specifically that's different? Please, please don't talk from the back of the room. The thing to do is to reach out to staff and get some elaboration from them. Thanks for coming, David. Anyone else? Close the public hearing. All right, seeing no one else, uh, roll call, please. No, we don't want to roll, roll call. Discussion. I'm sorry. A discussion among the council. Personally, I was uh, really glad to see it. was It was good to see that uh, we received many letters uh, from community members throughout the community, not just one side of town, uh, that were in support of this and encouraging us to, to do the moratorium. So I, I'm in favor of voting to proceed with this. 
I think for me, um, all the stakeholders, you know, for them to be a part of the solution development, that's going to be pretty important, even though supporting and against the moratorium. Um, I think it's important to have their voices at the table, and I know that that's a part of what we've already discussed, and I believe that that's going to happen. And um, there's a there's a little bit of a stigma that that some might say is happening when it relates to renters within our community, um, and it's not a positive stigma that some might say as far as renters. And I believe that everybody is in, you know valuable within our community, and um, every neighborhood there should be inclusion of homeowners um, as well as renters. And so I want to just caution people that um, while having the conversations. Be be mindful of verbiage that might be offensive to some. Mm -hmm. And so that I'll, I'll just put out put that out there. I am going to support this tonight because I do believe that we need a transitional period. I've already, you know, made my point about trying to, you know, fast pace this, not to the point that we just create something that um, and that we haven't truly thought about. Um, but I do think that it's important that we um, give this great thought and push it as fast as we can. If it does take 10 months, then I'm going to, you know, be okay with that because that, with the, given the staff time and the, the voices of the community, uh, it will take that. So I will support this tonight. Yeah, and I think we've had this discussion about renter versus homeowners, and I, and I don't like that sort of language either. We shouldn't distinguish. Um, one of the things we talked a little bit about in the work session is a little bit of Iowa City history in terms of the challenges the city had in the 1950s in terms of providing adequate space for a lot of veterans that were returning on the GI Bill. Um, and so what, what that resulted in over time was a lot of density in individual single-family homes that really weren't designed as such. Um, and so that prevented, that created a lot of challenges in terms of numbers of people in units that weren't designed for that. So I don't look at this as a question of renter versus non-renter. What I look at this as a view of optimal density in residential structures, much in the same way that if we're looking at a restaurant, we have limitations on the number of people that can be in a building because of fire code. There are legitimate health and safety reasons. The difficulties in the details, um, we certainly have I've received a lot of letters from uh, high-powered names on certain letterheads, and we certainly understand that's a possibility. But I would hope people remember Abe Lincoln's admonition that try to settle your case with your neighbor first and avoid litigation if you can. I was very pleased with the last comment that you had made after you had mentioned the possibility of the lawyer, that the Landlords Association remains willing to be a constructive partner in developing a matter of shared concern, because I know as you as an entity, you'd much be rather putting your money into your rental units and into your communities rather than, you know, waste it on a whole bunch of, of lawyers. So I'm hoping that we can channel our energy in constructive solutions. And regardless of what happens in the past, you know, let's not look in the rearview mirror. I hope we can look forward. And we are opening our hands to you as well as other community members to hopefully find a solution that is going to work for everyone. Maybe we won't agree on everything, but I'm hoping that we can engage that, that process. And as Bruce points out, this just gives us time to have a transitional process. And I think it's better if it's a process that we can get the greatest number of people agree to uh, so we don't get another message from the legislature that they don't like the direction that we've taken. Well, I've, I've spoken at the first and second readings uh, 
at somewhat at length in terms of the you know the process and what I see some of the issues are that we face and I, I, I won't go over them again but I would say in summary you know the the challenge we're facing is how do we achieve that notion of diversity and balance in terms of um, who who lives in the core neighborhoods and that you know it's been something that's been an, an issue an ongoing issue for decades uh, so once again, we'll have an opportunity to bring bring all the various points of view on this to the table. I, I would mention, I hope the university is part of this as well. Um, you know what their plans are with respect to providing housing uh, that's part of the mix that we're talking about in terms of um, providing you know residential opportunities for all members of our community. Um, so I look forward to uh, having that conversation. Um, kind of ancillary to that is is the idea that I know Jim has talked about and I've talked about for I would think maybe five years, and that is how can we create additional housing opportunities in the core neighborhoods that would help promote the goals of diversity and affordability, and that's intimately tied to trying to resolve this issue. Uh, if we can't resolve this issue, being able to progress and move forward on creating that greater diversity and affordability may not be able to progress. So I'm, I'm hopeful we can, I want to remain optimistic that we can solve, solve the problem of balance so we can move forward with creating more housing opportunities uh, in the core neighborhoods. Other comments? I really just want to add um, want to encourage the city staff to come up with solution during this transition period as soon as possible with solution that will work for everyone and focus on the reason that why we, for, to begin with, we had the rental cap. Uh, of course, because some people came over and they complain about that. That's why I'd rather encourage the city, the city staff to focus on solving the problems itself that made us do the rental cap. And so we can satisfy, try to satisfy everyone. Thank you, and I will be supporting this time. Thank you, Maz. Anyone else? Welcome. Okay, I want to say a few words. Uh, unfortunately, the front page of one of our local newspapers today contained a very misleading headline. I quote, will city cease rental permits, question mark. It's very important for everyone to know that this moratorium is temporary. It pertains only to new rental permits in limited parts of the city. It's not about ceasing rental permits. Likewise, it is important to know that renters currently constitute approximately 50 to 75% of the residents in five of the, effect, of the affected districts, 50 to 75%. So we have not, not, not been trying to keep renters out. We have not been trying to keep renters at, out. Much to the contrary, we are trying to make it possible for owner occupants 
to live in those districts too, and thereby have a diverse demographic within neighborhoods located relatively close to the university. That's what we're trying to do, and we now will be adopting, I believe, a moratorium to enable our staff to develop some alternatives that will enable us to do that. So uh, with that in mind, I certainly will support this. Any further discussion? Hearing none, roll call, please. Mims? Yes. Sully? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Throgmorton? Yes. Cole? Yes. Motion carries seven to zero. Could I have a motion to accept correspondence, please? I move. Move. Moved by Teague, seconded by Soleil. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Well, wow. seems to be raining pretty hard out there. Sounds like it. Item 15, City Park Adventure Playground. This is a resolution awarding contract and authorizing the mayor to sign and the city clerk to attest a contract for construction of the City Park Adventure Playground project and the purchase of the playground equipment. Could I have a motion to approve, please? So moved. Second. Moved by Mim, seconded by Thomas. Does anybody, Julie, or anybody want to address this? Anyone else in the audience want to address it? Seeing no one, council discussion? So we had correspondence um, just about how it wasn't totally inclusive for individuals with disabilities. Um, Yep, can you come and share? We did have uh, one individual who was concerned about that and you saw the correspondence that went back and forth. I did speak with her this afternoon. She is happy with our efforts. She realizes that the site that we're building on is a hillside making it the adventure play area. Um, she has some ideas for some modifications we may be able to do in the future and I'm gonna meet with her Friday to talk about those. I don't think that affects going forward with the current design in any way. Julie, Thank don't you. we have a lot of rubberized place areas in other areas of town as well? We do, um, and you have to remember that inclusion is about more than just uh, kids with or kids or adults with mobility aids. It's about having areas for quiet play. It's about areas for. Um, sound play, different types of play. And this playground does a, a very nice job of doing all of these seven items that we look at. Um, it is true that someone using a wheelchair would have difficulty getting to the top level of, of this particular structure. But there's a lookout at the top of the hill. There's an embankment slide um, down another portion of the site. Um, there's lots of other things to do. So it more than meets any accessibility uh, guidelines or, or rules or regulations. Um, and we may be able to find another way to get up to that top level, so. Thanks. I, I think it is very important that we you know, always keep that in mind, which uh, clearly you, you're doing. Um, but it is important for um, all people, uh, regardless of disabilities or, or whatever, uh, to have opt optimal use, um, which can mean various um, 
things for various people um, as far as Optimo, how the, you know if they would be able to. But thanks for being very conscientious of all the needs and, and being inclusive. Well, and I should mention that, uh, of course, Willow Creek Park is uh, demolition is done now, and that playground is coming in. That one is meant to be even more highly inclusive of all different types of needs. Uh, Villa Park Playground is almost complete if it would stop raining. Um, <laughs> it should be done in the next couple weeks. That has an additional ramp and additional ways for access to the playground area. And in fact, it was moved from its original site to provide better access to a wide range of people. And then Creekside Park, which will be coming once the crews are done at Villa Park and can move to the Creekside Playground, also had additional features added to it during design. So we exceed any type of ADA access or any type of um, ADA requirements. We're really trying our best to spread them out throughout the community so you have options throughout our different playgrounds and that each playground offers a little bit different taste and a little bit different skill set or different experience. So when you look at our system as a whole, I believe that we, we have a lot of inclusive options. Um, each individual playground could be judged one way or another based on specific attributes, but sure. the whole... I think you're doing a great job of supporting inclusion in our play. Thank you. And I want to make sure that uh, Julie and her staff get proper credit for this. I, I serve as the city's ADA coordinator, and so I field a lot of these questions from the public, and a lot of my colleagues are very jealous of me. When I go to our Parks and Rec Department, they already have these things thought about. They don't have to do research. They are incorporating this into their dialogue when they're beginning projects from the get-go. So I just want to make sure that that was pointed out. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Um, any further council discussion about this? <laughs> Hearing no discussion, roll call, please. Salee? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Rugmorton? Yes. Cole? Yes. Sims? Yes. Motion carries seven to zero. Item 16, council appointments. This is going to take us a little while, folks. We have, I don't know, how many appointments to make? A lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> For some of them. That's right. I'm advising you to feel free to leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So item 16, council appointments. Applicants must reside in Iowa City and be 18 years of age unless specific qualifications are stated. The first is item 16A, Airport Commission. We have one vacancy to fill a four-year term. And there's a female uh, gender balance requirement uh, for one female. We have received applications from two individuals, Scott Clare and Minetta Gardinier. Uh, and uh, Minetta uh, is serving, just finishing her second four-year term. And Scott Clare is a man. So, what's your preference, folks? Well, Manetta has served two terms, so if we're consistent in terms of trying to promote people, you know, providing opportunities for serving on commissions, it would seem like it's appropriate to look for a, uh, a new commissioner. Uh, however, um, the gender balance requirement is one female, so. It looks like Scott, if, if Scott were at that time um, still interested um, on 
July 2nd of right. 2019, he would be, that's when the, the gender balance requirement is dropped, so. But it seems I, I think when you have a, I mean, I think this, the gender balance requirement is gonna trump the policy on two mm -hmm. appointments because that's a state code provision. And so you can certainly advertise again if you want and see if you get another female, but if, if we, I think you're gonna have to appoint Mineta to get the gender balance. Okay. okay. Yeah, another thing in favor of her, though I'm worried about the fact that she's now finished two terms, is that she has, she's one of only 6% of all pilots who are female. Right. I mean, that's quite, that's, you know, means she's unique and uh, we should not disregard that fact. She's a recreational pilot who has a plane at the airport. I agree. With, I mean, I hear what you're saying, John, but I, Jim, but I agree with John. I think in terms of what we've tried to do in terms of giving other people opportunities, I think we should at least advertise it one more time mm -hmm. and see if we can get a, any other female applicants. And then if we don't, I'm more than comfortable in reappointing her. I think she's done a great job. And like you say, she's part of a very small demographic, and we don't typically get tons of applications for this commission. No. But I, I would like to give us one more shot at finding, mm -hmm. giving somebody else an opportunity. Yeah. I agree somewhat with that, Susan, although her term ends um, June 30th and the next posting, if, well, if, if John was saying that we'd wait and, and, and appoint Scott, it, it's such a small commission, only five members, it, it, it would be nice to be able to have them have a full committee. Um, and. With El I know I, we don't want to be hypocrites because other commissions we have not appointed somebody for a third, third term, um, but as Jim says with his quote, there are very few women out there. It's difficult, and she has, as she said, she has a tremendous amount of knowledge, working knowledge about the airport. She does. Yeah, I'm going to support it's tough. When, it's tough. when would we? Maybe this is what the two of you are trying oh. to figure out. When would we yeah. come back if we don't appoint anybody tonight? How long would we advertise, and when would it come back to us for appointment? Well, you typically advertise for 30, 30 days. 30 days. But, I mean, we don't have to do that. We can advertise, and we can bring it back to you on June 24th. Is that, what's our second, second meeting June in June? Meeting. Let's do that. But anyway, we can bring it back to you at the second June meeting. Okay. Regardless that sounds good. Of, and just oh, advertise 18. it that way. 18th. June 18th. Okay. Maybe let's bring it back at yeah. the first July meeting then, because June 18th isn't doesn't give us much time <laughs> for time. people to. Uh, I'm comfortable with either one. Yeah. So let's say July one. The first, July 2nd is our first or meeting in July. That's... Sure. Is that the first meeting in July? I think so. It's July 2nd. Okay. That's will, fine. will we need a motion to do that, or we no, just won't act just on that? Just won't act okay. on this. All right. Uh, let's move to the community police review board. So we have. Uh, six applicants to fill one position, and there's no gender balance requirement. Uh, and the applicants are, let's check their names here. Um, I, oh, are you going to read mine? Yeah, Lori. Well, I don't have to. Don't have to read the names. So. I thought Samuel Conaway was, I mean, it, there's some that don't have much on here, and there's a couple who've, I think, served a lot that I've kind of eliminated off my list. Um, but I thought Samuel Conaway looked like an interesting possibility. 
Well, I found myself uh, drifting toward either Conway or I don't know how to pronounce her last name, or Orozco. Yeah. I'm happy with either one. Those were my two choices also. Um, Electra uh, had two, she's Parks and Rec, which wasn't open at this point, but she said CPRB would be um, preference. Um, so I could go go with that person also. So Sam Con Conway was mine. <laughs> John? I, you know, uh, Don King was, this was his, ending his first term, so I, you know, I, the only thing I would say about Don is he's been on before and then oh, went I off. Didn't. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, that. he's All right. probably served six or eight years, maybe. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then was off and then All came right. back on. Well, Samuel Conaway was a. I think he applied for another. Yeah, he was also on HCDC as yeah, well. So which he said was his yeah. preference. He said HCDC was his preference. Oh, really? I, I would support Sam Conaway. Okay, I hear. Uh, Maz, did you want to express a view? No, actually, uh, no, I don't, uh, I would go with the majority. Okay, so we're going to uh, appoint Samuel Conaway. We'll have a motion okay. later on about this. Okay. All right, sure. historic, sorry? Yeah, all right, uh, the Historic Preservation Commission, this is item 16C, one vacancy to fill a three-year term to an at-large position. There's a gender balance requirement. Apparently we need four females, one male. So, and we have But we only have four positions? I, yeah, I was a little confused with that. Well, I, think, I was confused I, too. I think the one position is the East College Street position because that's vacant and would remain vacant. That's what I'm guessing, but. It has to. Or. It, it's a male position. No, no, but uh, it will be empty, and uh, so I don't know. Julie, can you advise Explain us about that. that? Overall, the historic com commission now has the gender balance. Of the gender balance requirement: four females and one male. Um, right now, we currently have. Two females and five males. Five males. So that's why it says the balance requirement is four females and one male for overall. 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 So the way I'm Equal. reading the, the way I'm reading this is that you need you need to appoint four In the females end, and the, then yeah. the net, when there's a vacancy, you have a male requirement. Okay. Is that, uh, is that you're looking at it? Yes. Let, okay. me, let me suggest this, given the fact that it, the four and one is all about the total composition of the commission. Let's deal with the other positions, the Jefferson Street position, Summit Street position, and Brown Street position, because that'll change the four, one numbers, okay? So item, uh, I'll just skip to item 16D, which is Historic Preservation Commission, Jefferson Street District, uh, one vacancy to fill a three-year term. We have one application from Lindy Kippel. Uh, and and I'd, if she lives in the district, which is not she entirely clear She to doesn't me. currently, right? So we can't appoint no. her yet, can we? Well, I, I, think, we, I think we can uh, appoint her effective... Um, 
I mean, like they'd be without her, but they've been without somebody for a long yeah. time. Yeah. So <laughs> I say you appoint her effective her move date, which I think she put on her application. 7-26-19. Yeah, 7-26 or something. Okay. I agree with that. Sounds good to me. What did you say? Effective move date? 7-26-2019. Uh, yeah. The day before Into my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to appoint her uh, effective that date. Um, um, then 16E is the Summit Street District, so there's one vacancy to fill a three-year term there. And we have one application from Cecile Kunzui. She's just ending her first term. I suggest we appoint Cecile. I, I agree. agree with that. I agree. I agree. Okay, and then there's the Brown Street District, on the item 16F, Historic Preservation Commission, Brown Street District. We have one vacancy... Sorry, one vacancy to fill a three-year term, and one application. This one is from Sherry DeGraw. I'd suggest we appoint Sherry. I do have a couple of maybe one question. Yep. Um, are we? Are there neighborhood associations that potentially we can reach out to to inform of these to see if there's can be some conversations happening to yeah. increase the number of applicants? Yes. Because we're, I mean, these are people repeating terms at this point. So my assumption is that there could be little communication. We also have next door, and I don't know if this was advertised or next door, but people are really getting and starting to read next door. Um, so I mean, that, I mean, we can go ahead and appoint, but I just wanted to bring it out that maybe that's another thing that we can do in the future is reach out to associations, make them aware, as well as post something on next door. Yeah, as long as we are, as long as we're permitted to do that, we're happy to share that with communications and make sure they're including our our postings for these particular neighborhood roles. Yeah, but I'll support Sharon. Sure too. Sharon's great. All right. So that means we have just said we're going to appoint three females, which brings us to a 1-1 balance. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to 16A, I guess it is. So in, Okay. So now you're saying we can do either a male or a female? Well, we can do one of each, I think, is it? Well, there's only one vacancy. Right. One Wait, there's only one, one vacancy. Oh, right. Okay. But... That we can do That's what I have. I've got one, one female, one male, which says to me you can appoint either. Okay. Julie, so to that one position. Me. All right. I'm going to recommend Jordan Sellergren. Um, of all the people who've applied, she's the only one who reached out to me. Um, she's been doing a renovation of a historic home on the north side, and I think very, you know, interested. Um, in this area and, and has some firsthand experience oh, totally. in terms of renovating a home that could very easily have been ended up being torn down in terms of a new development. So um, I'm sorry, Susan, I missed who you were. Jordan, Jordan Seligren. Well, I would agree. I'm a big fan of Jordan. She does a lot of really good work and has uh, active comments in terms of her yard and her house and those sorts of things. I think she brings a unique vision. I would like agree. to say a word on behalf of Austin Wu. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, I think Jordan probably would be a very good appointment. I, I think Austin would as well. And so I'm happy to go along with Jordan. But uh, I was really intrigued by your own 
you don't talk back to me, but your, mm -hmm. your own expressed interest in taking photographs of his changes in historic structures over time in different parts of the city and that kind of thing, Austin. Yeah. I, okay. I, I guess I'm so. I was also supporting Austin, except he's also the only applicant for the telecommunications <laughs> commission, and so. Well, Austin's uh, gathering too much power, though, so, isn't he? He's oh, the liaison. Did, no, no, that's not, no, no, like no, the no. Robert Moses of Irish. Yeah. No, I don't think he did. That was oh, Andrew. Andrew. Ah, oh, sorry. Good point, though. I didn't read it close Good enough. Point, <laughs> All right. I, I think I'm he hearing support for Sauergren. Yes. All right. Uh, why don't we get these out of the way here for a moment? So I'd like to hear a motion to appoint Jordan Sauergren to the at-large position, Lindy Kippel to the Jefferson Street position, Cecile Quinsley to the Summit Street District position, and Sharon DeGraw to the Brown Street District, all for the Historic Preservation Commission. So moved. Second. Moved by Cole, second by Mims. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Motion carries. All right, so that gets us to item 16G. Do you want to go back and do CPRB, or do you just want to do some of those oh, together? CPRB. Oh, I thought we did CPRB. I don't think we voted Samuel. on it, Oh, we didn't vote. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, let's, oh. let's, let's, oh, okay. let's okay. do that to right. clear it off. So uh, could I have a motion to appoint Samuel Conaway to the Community Police Review Board? So moved. Second. Uh, so moved by who? Bruce. Moved by Teague, seconded by Mims. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Motion carries. All right, so we've got those two commissions done. Which brings us to item six. Thank you for reminding me oh, about this. Yeah. Uh, uh, brings us to item 16G, Housing and Community Development Commission. We have two vacancies to fill three-year terms. There's uh, the gender balance requirement is one female, one none. And we have applications from numerous people. Let's see, from, it's uh, a number, 11 applications. So... Do people name fall off this list at some point? I, I think applications, if, how does that work? What do you mean? I believe it's after six months. We after six months. Out. Someone reached out to me and their name wasn't on the list, but they reached out to me about 30 minutes before the meeting. <laughs> and, and I said, I didn't see their name. I don't recall it. And, and it wasn't here. So, but I can reach out to them and just have a conversation. And we can look that up. Okay. And see when it dropped off. Okay. Thanks. It seemed like one of the applicants, the date on the application was like May of 18. So that's a little longer of than 18? six months. Yeah, there was one. Yeah, I, for some I reason I thought Angela. it was a year, but I could be wrong. Is that Angela? I don't know who that was. Well, in that case, maybe it's a year. Maybe a year. Yeah, year. I can look into that. We have a one. Maybe it is a year. We have a one female requirement for, and there are two vacancies, right? So let's choose a female. I'm supportive of Lindsay Keeley for the HCDC. 
Me too. I'm, yeah, I'm also supportive, Lindy, I, as she probably approached some of you too. I'm always impressed when the applicant um, calls directly to reach out and, and uh, introduce himself, although I've known Lindy for a while. She's a social worker, hard worker, really dedicated, and she actually said she'd read through all of the 2019 minutes, and I, I, think, she, I think she'd be excellent. I think she would too. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, I, I too, I think you certainly encourage anyone interested in commission service to uh, reach out to the council. I think that does make them stand out if they mm -hmm. do that. Okay, I'm hearing Lynn D. Hook Keeley. Mm -hmm. All right. And then we have one other position and there's, it has no gender balance requirement. So Joe didn't look like he actually Served on any other commissions? Oh, yes. he has. Joe oh, he has. Yeah, he's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I want to very good. Very excellent. I want to suggest very Matt, yeah. Matt Drabick. Oh, yeah, Matt is great. I'd support Matt. He's a good writer, too. Um, any, any other suggestions, or is there agreement to appoint Matt Drabick? Three for Matt Draggett. Do I hear a four? Sure. Four for Matt. Yeah. Right. Okay. With yeah. Without objection, then we'll appoint or yep. you know, in, well, appoint Matt Drabick to the commission. So let's get a motion on the floor here about appointing Lynn D. Hook, Keeley, and Matt Drabick to the Housing and Community Development Commission. So moved. Second. Moved by Taylor. Taylor seconded by Cole. All in favor, say aye. 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 Motion carries. All, you know, all opposed, motion carries. Item 16H, Library Board of Trustees. We have three vacancies to fill uh, a one six-year term. And there's oh, a two male and one none gender balance requirement. It must be, is that? Well, we have three vacancies to fill three six-year terms, right? My, the text in front of me says to fill a six-year term, but it's three, isn't it's it? actually three. Yeah, okay. So three vacancies to six, fill. The term is six years. All right, but they are three separate terms three, in any event. Right. Fill three separate okay. six-year terms. And the gender balance requirement is two male and one uh, male or female. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have to uh, admit with some embarrass, embarrassment, I did not have time to read these, so. Uh, I would support Tom Rocklin. Tom's very good. Yep, Tom would be excellent. I would support Tom. Yeah. Tom. Hard to say no there. Yeah, yeah he, he gave a good, good spiel, yeah. I agree too. And I know Janet's been on there, but uh, she certainly made a good point in the fact that um, she'd like to help the, the new director be successful. I, I liked that, that she'd said that. Yeah, but I, I think if we, I think when we've, re I think we've gotten to that point. If people have finished if a term and we have other strong other applicants, applicants, I mm -hmm. think that's we'll, true. We give them consideration. Yeah, and these and are we long, do have these are long terms. Yeah, these are six years, so yeah. I think it's. Um, well, are there other suggestions? Well, in, in that case, um, Hannah Schultz is another female, and she said that she had reviewed the agenda and minutes, and she's familiar with uh, the initiatives and pro uh, programs at the library. Do we, we don't have a gender, if once we, we have a two male. Right, and none. Oh, right? that's right, and two male, none. none, and we've got the female, okay, two male. 
I'm fine with Hannah personally. Yeah, that's Hannah's fine. Okay. Uh, I, I, th I think I've heard three people supporting Hannah. Okay. I'd support Hannah. Mm-hmm. All right. I support Hannah as well. All right. So, given that choice, we need to select a man for gender balance purposes. And four males. Uh, which is either Justin Ford or Harry Olmsted or Derek Junk. Again, I would say not Harry. He's not, no disrespect to Harry, but he's served a lot of lot, years on a lot, lot of different lot commissions, of commissions and we've been trying to. Yeah, totally. Well, I love Harry. does yeah. awesome work, mm -hmm. but Jeff Ford also has done awesome work too. Uh, Justin Ford. Justin Ford, okay. So does anybody have, you know, Anybody want to advocate for Justin Ford or for Derek Junk? Uh, I would support Derek. Um, I met him through the uh, master planning for the parks uh, system, and seemed to be, you know, an engaging, community-oriented resident. I would agree. I'd support Derek. I'm not sure that I know Derek, so I feel at a loss personally. So I'm hearing two persons in favor <coughs> of. I would support Derek. Junk. Mm -hmm. Three. Do I hear a fourth? For well, I, I, so you know him, is that correct? One of you, I'm not sure. Just relying John. on John's good judgment. I've, I've met him. I oh, well, there's him. a mistake, so I'll. <laughs> <laughs> Does that switch your vote, John? Right. Yeah, so, all right, I'll support Derek Chonk then. I think that means four, sure. at least four people in favor. Of That's fine. All right, so let's get a motion on the floor here about for the Library Board of Trustees. I love that man. Uh, could I have a motion to appoint Derek Junk, Thomas Rocklin, and Hannah Schultz to the Library Board of Trustees? So moved. Second. Moved by Cole, seconded by Teague. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Motion carries. 16 aye. <coughs> Telecommunications Commission, we have one vacancy to fill a three-year term. There's a, a female gender balance requirement, and we have one application from Andrew Austin. So we wait. should defer on this just as we are for the airport commission, right? This one's tough, too, because uh, they've had several meetings where they haven't been able to hold because of a lack of quorum mm -hmm. with, with uh, vac vacant seats. And so hopefully we'll get someone or we can ap appoint him after time. Okay. So I think we're done with item 16. Moving on to item 17, announcement of vacancies previous. Again, applicants must reside in Iowa City and be 18 years of age unless specific qualifications are stated. We have one vacancy to fill an unexpired term effective upon appointment to the airport commission. Applications for that position must be received by 5 p.m. Tuesday, May the 28th, 2019. We have one vacancy to fill a five-year term on the airport zoning board of adjustment. One vacancy to fill a three-year term on the Historic Preservation Commission for the East College Street District. And one vacancy to fill a three-year term 
for the Jefferson Street District, and we just appointed somebody to that. So I forget the last one. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Just appointed somebody to the Jefferson Street District. So vacancies for the two positions I just mentioned will remain open until filled. Which brings us to the item 18, community comment period. Austin, did you want to say a word or two? Oh, just in, in looking at this, I think this Jefferson Street thing, if you look at the, the note, it just, Kelly was keeping it on the agenda because we're going to have to, there's a delay in the appointment because of her residency. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, Austin Wu, UI Student Government uh, City Liaison. I don't have too much except uh, congratulations to all the graduating seniors, which was last Sunday. Uh, so another class has came and went. Um, the other thing I noticed this morning on my walk to work was uh, this restriping project for Clinton Street has begun for the bicycle lanes. I saw the signs put up this morning. Very happy about that. So glad to see it finally coming. Yeah, great. Mm, that's all I have to say. On that point, I rode on the restriped and resurfaced Governor Street yesterday or the day before. It was a thrill. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. It really does make a difference in terms of the uh, lane. It does. Reception of the lane. Yeah. With. Okay, so which brings us to item 19, City Council information. Could we start with Susan and move to the right? Nothing. Let's see. Um, last Wednesday, I attended a ceremony held for Police Week at Terry Trueblood. Uh, it is an event that's done in recognition of a national day and week uh, to honor law enforcement members who have fallen in service. Um, we've been fortunate uh, to have, for quite a long time to have not had to remember anyone uh, that we've lost. Uh, but we do this uh, to emphasize also the contribution and willingness of, of officers to serve. Uh, this year, the event included Coralville, North Liberty, the University, and the Sheriff's Department, where previously they just had Iowa City here at uh, City Hall. Uh, Reverend Schlichter, a pa chaplain with the police department, was expecting about 50 people, but there were at least 125 to 150 people. It was, a, it was an excellent turnout. It was a very nice event, and that included, uh, and I get goosebumps now even thinking about it, the color guard, the presentation of, of the colors, uh, always gives me goosebumps as, as they, uh, watching as they solemnly uh, present the colors. It's, it's really nice. Um, also had a very nice lunch, so next year folks should, should try to make it to that if they didn't this year. Uh, let's see. That evening, uh, uh, attended a really fun event. Maeve uh, and Melody from the, our Iowa City Public Library gave an interesting presentation uh, at actually at Big Grove Brewery uh, about the history of the Ped Mall and a lot of photos from the 60s and 70s and, and how we progressed and uh, the, <laughs> the downtown area in general. That was really well attended too. Uh, noisy there, but, uh, but uh, good presentation. Um, on uh, Thursday, uh, I attended for uh, Jim, uh, the board of directors meeting for the Iowa City Coralville Area uh, Visitors Bureau. Uh, they talked a lot about the arena uh, that's um, already underway there, uh, building in, in Coralville. And 
they've talked about many, many groups that uh, already want to book events there, which uh, in the long run will also uh, be good for Iowa City. Uh, and on, on those lines, they talked about hotel occupancy rates and, and how that's going. It's been kind of up and down, not as uh, good as they hoped. And depending on what's going on in town, could be upwards as, of 96% or so, but sometimes low, as low as 60 to 70%. Uh, they talked about uh, Fry Fest plans for this year coming up. Sounds like it's going to be fun. And also the Run Crandick uh, update. Uh, Simon, did you participate in that? I, I, I know Jeff did, so that was fun to hear about that. Uh, and that evening, uh, League of Women Voters held their annual meeting, and uh, it was another history lesson uh, showing how um, so through the years women have stood up for what they believed in, and also kind of a um, uh, representative Lensing talked, talked about uh, a recap of the past legislative session. Uh, Friday evening, my daughter and I participated in the uh, summer shop crawl. Uh, this is our third third crawl that we participated in. Uh, they're they're really fun events. Um, uh, we both enjoy uh, the shopping experience, and and this year we discovered uh, a new favorite, the Maker's Loft, which is is really nice. And uh, a lot of uh, the local uh, folks have their. Um, products there. And then, of course, our usual glissando and sweets and treats. We like those, too. Um, otherwise, just reminding folks that farmers markets and Friday night concert series are in full swing. Be sure to attend those. And I think that's it. Thanks. All right. So Wednesday, the 8th of May, United Way celebrated their 100th uh, year for Washington and Johnson County. And that was held at Big Grove. And that was a, a, a well-attended event. Um, was happy to make it. It was actually after our uh, late night council meeting. <laughs> so yeah. And uh, that was early morning at 7 a.m. when I went. Mm -hmm. So that was that was a good thing to be a part of. Trail of uh, Johnson County had a event celebrating their annual existence and that was on the 9th that Thursday and they had actually came and shared that with council and to all of Iowa City and that was a great event as well. Um, went on the Crandick ride uh, with the MPO John and I, and that was awesome and amazing to uh, just get in, get on the train and just kind of uh, ride throughout uh, Iowa City, Corville, um, even up to North Liberty. Just uh, there were places I had never been, of course, because it's on a train ride that you you just don't you know get back on those tracks. So that was uh, quite interesting. Um, I did attend um, Johns County. Iowa let lawmakers legislative um, um, it was the end of the session where they gave a talk and that took place um, at the Corville Library and it was put on by the task Johnson County Task Force on aging and that was uh, quite a great event to just um, listen to our lawmakers that make a lot of things happen down in um, Des Moines and they shared some of their challenges of course but even some of their um, hope for things to come forward in the future and then um, 
the last thing I'll make, make mention of is um, the, the police. I was able to attend that um, as well. And you did a very good job of um, n not only giving the proclamation, but having a, uh, some um, awesome words before. So great job, Pauline. Um, other than that, the last thing that I'll make mention of is that Faith Academy um, that is affiliated with Parkview Church, which is over in, um, I don't even know, I still call it the Kmart area. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the 30th, they're going to be having their first graduation class. And so um, they've been in existence, adding grade by grade every year. And so I don't know what grade they're up to, but it'll be their first graduating class on the 30th. And so that'll be coming up. And so if anyone is interested, I'm sure it's going to be a, a huge celebration. Maybe Mazi here, is she still here? Okay, it's my turn, right? Yes, yes ma'am. Go ahead. Okay, I really don't have a lot, you know, any events to report on. I was super busy preparing for our family vacation. We're leaving to Sudan tomorrow. And uh, just also was helping the kids getting through exams early from the school. And uh, I would like to thank Kelly and the IT team at the city for, like, helping me create an app that we, I can call in from Sudan for it. But other than that, you know, I hope everybody have a good summer. Very good. Uh, you've been coming in very clearly and loudly, Maz. It, it's working very well. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, um, yesterday I attended a dinner, a sort of a going away dinner for Henry Harper. And many of you in the community know who Henry Harper is. Um, he's lived here in the city of Iowa City for almost 23 years. Um, he's made the decision that he is going to return home to East St. Louis to spend time with his family. Um, for those of you who don't know Henry Harper, if there are anyone that doesn't know Henry Harper, um, I cannot really think of a community member in our community that really has had a more positive impact on so many different lives, and in particular, our community's young people. I just think of all the challenges that we've had throughout the last 25 years, Henry Harper has been an essential, positive, constructive voice on nearly all of those cha uh, challenges that we've faced. And I think he's been such a model and mentor. And it was a really beautiful thing to see yesterday, to see there's about probably 40 to 50 people, and I know many more people wanted to be there. All the different lives that he touched uh, were sort of coming back as adults uh, to thank him for the contributions that he has made. And of course, he made a fantastic impact on our police department. Um, he had a lot of really innovative solutions, and now he's had the opportunity to take a well-deserved rest. Um, he is retiring, although Michelle says that his wife, Michelle, says he won't be retired for very long. I'm sure he'll, he'll find himself very engaged in East St. Louis, and I'm sure he'll have a lot of opportunities. But Henry did say that he is not really moving until July of this year, and so he does have some time on his hands. So I hope those of you who know and love Henry, that you'll reach out to him and, and thank him for the wonderful contributions that he's made to our community. Um, the way in which he's touched my life, as well as Jim's, um, last summer was the opportunity to go on the Civil Rights Tour. Um, Jack Brooks uh, invited Roy Sand Porter and another um, amazing young person, uh, Miriam Keta, to come speak at a video showing for the video that was made of the Civil Rights Tour. Uh, for those of you who don't know, every summer for the last 10 years, um, Henry has taken a lot of our young people in the city of Iowa City at various locations 
populations throughout the South, in particular the civil rights historical sites, as well as the historically black colleges and university. And it is a tutor, truly a life-altering experience, and Henry was a central part of that, and we had the opportunity to speak to a lot of employees about that. So, and Jack, can I just say again how lucky the city is to have Jack? He does Jack Brooks, I'm telling you. It was a really, really good video. I, I just, I was so impressed. Um, and I know we're still in the middle of Ramadan, so happy Ramadan. Is it Ramadan Mubarak to everyone? Did I get that right, Maz? Close enough. Um, so I hope everyone continues that um, wonderful time of, of prayer and reflection um, in, with our Muslim friends. Um, Summer is just around the corner. I know it doesn't see, seem like it, so I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a little gardening, getting in the swimming pool, hopefully, eventually. And I hope with our upcoming Memorial Day weekend, everyone will celebrate that with, with the friends and family in a very responsible way, and that they'll, um, they'll enjoy that time together, a little time off before the start of the summer. That's all I have. I just wanted to mention, uh, Bruce and I have a listening post coming yes. up on the 29th. Absolutely. At uh, 6.30, Lemmy Elementary School, correct? So encourage anyone from the, that part of Iowa City to uh, have a conversation with us. Okay, I'll be brief. Uh, but first I want to uh, uh, elaborate a little bit on what you said, Rockney, about Henry Harper. I hate to see Henry leave Iowa City. I just hate it. Uh, I have uh, a, lot of, a lot of deep feelings for him. But I also want to praise him profusely for his very generous letter that appeared in, was it yesterday's or Saturday's Press Citizen? I don't remember which it was, but it was effusive in its, his praise of city staff, of the, of the police department, and the uh, city manager, and so on. So. Bravo to Henry for writing that, and I certainly wish him the best. Are you done? No. Oh, okay. Hmm. Dawn, did I take your place or something? No, no, no. I just, Maza here, are you still there? Maza here? Oh, she left, because I'd forgotten she yes. had. Oh, yes. you are still there? I, I was talking, and I put the mute. <laughs> you, you had asked uh, that if you weren't on that on be, on your behalf, uh, I would talk about the um, Iowa City Fire Department. Do you, would you like me to yes, say yes. a few words then? Yes, please, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I forget to mention that. Please do it. Okay. okay. Um, she had just said that she was extremely impressed with the manner in which they handled uh, the recent structure fire uh, at the Pheasant Ridge Apartments on Bartle Road, because uh, the incident involved uh, some members of the Sudanese community, some of whom spoke very little English. And I'm not sure whether it was the fire marshal or uh, Jeff, someone on the city staff, that uh, thought to call Mazi here uh, so that she could help translate. Uh, but that was a very thoughtful gesture, and uh, according to Mazi, are very helpful uh, for those residents that were involved. And I've heard similar positive comments about our fire department uh, from a friend whose family was also uh, recently experienced a fire. And so I'm, I'm just very proud of our fire department uh, personnel and the very professional service that they uh, provide to our community. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, Jeff. That's all right. Go ahead. I just had two or three other brief things to say. <clears throat> On May the 9th, I made welcoming comments to the Human Rights Commission's Youth Awards event in the Englert, and that was really fun to do. Again, I think it's the fourth time I've done that now. And also, I'll, I will be speaking briefly at the groundbreaking for Oak Knoll East on May the 29th. 
And on May the 31st, the Carnival Parade will take place in downtown Iowa City. I'm looking forward to that. I also want to draw your attention to an item that appeared at the very end of our late handout. Or not the very end, because you had something in it that was the last item, but somewhere right near the end, is an email from me recommending that one or two of you council members attend the August 1 through 3 annual meeting of the Mayor's Innovation Project in Columbia, South Carolina. I think I've said over and over again as I've gone to these MIP events how fruitful they are. And I, th I think it would be very beneficial for one or two of you to go to that event. The last thing I'll mention is, yippee, I took a short vacation with my wife and daughter out to Idaho. We traveled out by Amtrak and several other forms of mode, modes of transportation <laughs> and had a lovely time in an area called the Palouse part of Idaho. It's really gorgeous, and it was really fun to be out there with them. All right, that's it for me. Ashley? I have three things. Uh, the census is still looking for people to recruit for positions, so people can go to their website, 2020census.gov jobs, for one of those opportunities. I wanted to note that City Hall will be closed on Monday, so please check any of your city information resources for other changes to city facility schedules um, and operations. Just noting that. And then a kind of fun thing, we're starting the chip-in kind of budget and, and strategic plan prioritization uh, feedback from our residents. We're starting that process early this year. So we will be expecting a survey out uh, through, our, through our channels uh, in the next week or so. And then we're planning some appearances at community events a little bit earlier in the year as a fun way to kick off our fiscal year. Very exciting. Um, and we'll get the feedback back to you um, for a council budget session later this summer. Those events were very well attended last year, weren't they? Weren't they packed? Yeah, we just in? had one event last year, and so this year I'm hoping to go and visit um, both a party in the park and at least one, and then a farmer's market appearance as well. Terrific. And then we'll kind of gauge what that, um, what the feedback and, and participation is between that and the survey. Um, later, later this year, we'll also offer the survey in public in a excuse me, in a paper format at those events so people can also participate in that way. So that's all I got. Ashley, before you run off, yes. uh, I just want to say we need to get um, an update on what the state legislature adopted. Yes. Maybe our next session or the one yeah, after. Whenever you're ready, to get I can do it right now if you want. Yeah. Okay, sorry? Uh, nothing else unless you want a legislative update. <laughs> no, not now. No, thank you. We're, we're on, on a roll here. We may yeah, actually leave before we'll, midnight. We'll make yeah. sure you get an update. <laughs> thank you. Um, no, nothing. Nothing. So what, what do you mean nothing? So Julie is Julie. Yeah. Yeah. This makes me very sad. I mean, I, I think you started work when I was still on the city council back in the mid-1990s, didn't you? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so you've done a great job, and you know, mm -hmm. we'll miss you once you do retire. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. But having said that, I've certainly enjoyed my years here at City Hall and all the people I've come in contact with. Yeah. Thank you. Very good. Okay, with that...
I think we need a motion to adjourn to the work session. So moved. Second. Moved by Teague, seconded by Thomas. All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. We are adjourned to our work session.